Welcome to the Fire and Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow. I believe in taking massive, inspired action from an awakened soul. This show is a weekly dose of spiritual principles, personal development, and success strategies for creating an epically aligned life. Here's to your wildest dreams coming true with less hustle, grit and grind, more flow, ease, and grace. I'm the founder of the Live Video Mastery Academy, a TV host, speaker, best-selling author, and proud firm mama, and I'll be sharing real talks with successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, best-selling authors, spiritual luminaries, and high-performance experts in this unfiltered, transformational, and soul-centered podcast. Things are about to get real. Are you ready? Let's get started. Well, hey there, my friend. Welcome back to Fire and Soul. I am super happy to finally be hopping on the mic to offer up a solo and just come to you one-on-one. I've missed this, and it's so different for me in my experience of sharing directly versus having a guest. And I mean, I've just been so honored to bring you some of the guests that I've had the privilege to bring to you these past several months, but there's just nothing like hopping on the mic sharing insights, sharing what's really going on, and building this really beautiful sacred ground together. I'm really grateful that you're here. You know, there's some reasons that I haven't hopped on solo since April, and it's I want to share some of that with you. And so this is basically like a personal update, a lifer update. There's really no big point in what I want to share today outside of I was really inspired by listening to uh, one of my favorite podcasts by Mark Groves, who is the founder of Create the Love. You may be familiar with him. And uh, I listen to his podcast fairly regularly, and he put out an episode in June, and it was called Let Yourself Arrive, which is where I piggyback that title for this. And while we have different content, when I saw that title of his come through, I was like, ooh, I, I wonder what is going to be his message inside then, you know, sharing that title, Right. And, uh, and so he shared very candidly some things that he's been going through and the transitions and transformation and the ever awakening process that it seems that we are all on. And, uh, and I just thought, you know, my goodness, that resonates so much. And so I wanted to share with you a parallel message that's obviously mine, but may have some impact and meaning for you as you continue to let yourself arrive. So I'll just kind of take it back to where I started to begin to spin out and feel a lot of anxiety that I hadn't felt in a long time. And it's just all around uh, what's happening in the world and what feels so unfair and so not right and the censorship and the mandates and so much the confusion and chaos. And it has been tough. And especially living here in California last year when we had eight months of a lockdown. I mean, eight months where They didn't even want you outside walking your dog. I mean, I had heard of people getting ticketed two, $300 fines for being outside at all. I mean, that's just so bananas uh, when you look at the grand scheme of things. And so it was, you know, really interesting and fascinating to do the inner work necessary to stay calm and to stay focused on what's working, how I'm blessed, 
you know, all the things that are good. And honestly, as as tough as it was to be so locked down, and yeah, for a moment there, I called it delightfully homebound, but the repercussions as I look back now with the benefit of, you know, hindsight being 2020, which was last year, I can see that I became almost so homebound that I didn't even want to leave anymore. And I'm still dealing with that. Like, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to really even get in my car. That feels strange. I certainly don't want to get on airplanes. I've had to do that a few times uh, this year for the mastermind. And I didn't want to go. I didn't like being away. I wanted to be home. And that is interesting for me because while I love being home and I've never, quote, felt lonely a day in my life before, you know, the pandemic, I was on a flight every three to four weeks for anywhere from three to five days at a time in all the self and business development seminars that I would attend that I love. I love being in those rooms. I love being around like-minded, like-hearted people that are lit up for their mission and collaborating and connecting and creating and innovating and really helping each other see our blind spots and just breaking through those blind spots and designing the life of our dreams. I mean, that's all I knew as I got into this entrepreneurial ride. And then last year, being in the lockdown for so long, I have friends that live in Florida and they're like, we were locked down for eight weeks. It was so hard. And I'm like, wow, imagine multiplying that by 10, right? Like it does something to your psyche, which is, by the way, probably intentional. But that said, what I'm dealing with now is just a lot of sorting through what do I want? What am I here for? What do I stand for? And what does this all mean for me as I continue to navigate these times that seem to be relentless and don't look like they're going to be changing anytime soon. And it just twists and turns. And so I found myself like spinning out and then recognizing that I was spinning out, having my tools and my modalities to come back to center. I've shared these with you many times, but it's like breath work is so powerful for me. I've been doing these meditations that I love so much that I'm actually happy to share with you. It's called Radiant Rest. There's eight different versions. Number four called Altar of the Heart has been so impactful for me. I've been listening to that since basically March. Thank you, Dawn, who shared that with me. And uh, my friend Dawn, who uh, has been our copywriting genius for some of our programs. And so that's been really, really powerful. Honestly, like sometimes as powerful as doing the plant medicine journeys that I was on almost two years ago at Rhythmia. I've had journeys. I've had out-of-body experiences where I'm in the quantum world and seeing life um, from that perspective, truly 5D out of the matrix and into that beautiful truth reality. And then my mom turned me on to something called the mirror method, which you know what? I'm going to make a note to myself to share that with you at the end, because my guess is, is that whenever I come on and I share about where I might be spinning out, which I now refer to as a shamanic death, what is a shamanic death? Well, it could be also referred to as the metaphor term, the dark night of the soul. It's where you were living one way and then your worldview or your model of the world was flipped on its head. And it's this whole new reality and you're trying to sort out your place in it, right? In the beginning, especially. Well, I've had a couple of those in life. The most significant one that you may be familiar with was when I went to date with Destiny in December of 2017. I went in one version of myself very attached to my stories, to my narrative, to my myopic point of view of some of the pain and suffering that I believe to be just facts, right? My dad doesn't love me, up all these things. 
my body's not good enough. It was just really extraordinary to see how attached I was to those stories subconsciously. And also the only way I'll really matter and have proven my worthiness in life is if I am a one day Emmy award winning television host on an entertainment show. <laughs> and I was already on extra and there were talks of me doing some weekend correspondent work and getting out of just the shopping gig that I had on there as my weekly segment. And so I was like, I'm doing this thing and Tony's going to help me. And some of you may recall that story, or if you're new to the show, I went to date with Destiny with just that thought in mind, Tony, help me figure this out. Help me turn this into that full-time Emmy winning role. And by day five of Date with Destiny, I dropped to my knees, literally and metaphorically. And I heard the still small voice say, which I now know was a divine intervention, you are not supposed to be doing television hosting much longer. That was your five-year-old little girl dream because you wanted to know that you mattered and that was your gateway or your ticket to what you thought was significance. You'll only matter if you're on air. And now you're a grown woman and there's so much more to you and all your growth, all your inner development has led you to this moment and you're now here to help others. That, my friends, was a shamanic death. Living in one reality, woke up to another, didn't know how to start, where to start, what to do. But little by little, I allowed myself to be brave and to listen to that nudge that was calling me forward. And you know, there's that nudge, the metaphor also of the feather, the brick, and the truck. It will speak to you. And sometimes it's in the form or the whisper of a feather. It's just that little still small voice. Well, that had been happening to me long before I got to date with destiny, just the pain and suffering in and of itself. It's like, this can't be it. Where's the fulfillment? Where's the joy? Where am I going to feel excited about life again? And it's just like, oh, well, if I make this TV thing work, well, then I'll really matter. But how it felt on in the interior was very different than how it looked on the exterior, especially when validated by the vanity metrics of likes and comments and engagement. Anytime I would ever show myself next to like a Mario Lopez or on set at Universal Studios, that got so much external validation that it almost made up for the interior lack of fulfillment, but not quite. And so you know in your own life where it's also not quite syncing up, but what maybe you show on social versus how it truly feels within your own body. And getting back into our body is by, by the way, the key to our own transformation. It's not in our head, it is in our body feeling everything fully, not being afraid of it, not numbing out from it, and just being with it, assessing it, calling it by its name so that we can transmute it. This is the work of Brene Brown and many other amazing people out there doing this line of work, the shadow work, the trauma work. Uh, I had Dr. Aaron on the show recently speaking about this as well. So I know from for myself, this has been the key. But so listening to that and not allowing it to get to the truck much less the brick, was beautiful. So that was a shamanic death. My whole worldview was flipped on its head. My mom literally said, one version of my daughter went to date with Destiny and a whole nother version came out. And she loves both versions, but it was just a stark contrast. Now that had been sustained. That lit up from the inside feeling like I'm on purpose, I'm on point, I'm guided, I'm led, I'm so grateful for this awareness, right? There didn't feel like a lot of efforting. It was like an easy manifestation, a neutral energetic state that was just this power that was humble and quiet 
and supreme. And then when the pandemic hit, I just got so focused. Yeah, I didn't love being, you know, delightfully homebound as I like to phrase it at that time. Um, but I also just, you know, it was a time when my business really took off. I think we doubled last year. And and so we were busy. Like, I don't remember really having any time off except for one week when I went to Montana and fell in love with Montana, which shocked the hell out of me, by the way. But it did. I, I just, I felt like my soul was at home. And so fast forward to this year, going back to my reference point of April. Well, in March, I had another awakening from the matrix into probably the 5D reality. We have a choice at all times. It's just a matter of, do you want to wake up to it or not? And it's a vibration. It's a soul's resonance of what feels good. How is my nervous system responding to any of this? So I've shared with you a few things, right? Just super high level, but just looking at all the chaos, all the censorship, all of the confusion, all of the disconnect and starting to line up, well, what do I really believe? And like, oh my gosh, you're kidding me. Can all of what I thought was a reliable source of information and quote news be in fact a lie, fraudulent, and even harmful to humanity, that seemed so inconceivable to me that it was beyond painful. And as I continued to wake up and then go down a couple of rabbit holes that made it even more interesting and more intense and dark and and all the things, I started to realize that I was here for this. I was here for the tsunamis of confusion and overwhelm because I was made for this, I was born for this, and in fact, I believe I chose this. But during that time of March, April, when I was opening up into a whole different reality, shamanic deathing all over again, one version of the world versus now, this is what it is. And that's just what's going on for me. But my guess is, is because you tune into the show and the fact that you tune into the show means that you're probably very tuned into self-development and you're on that track, which means you're also continuing to open up to your greatest evolution to be, right? That next chapter of your life that requires a never-ending awakening. So as you may be feeling the same thing that I'm feeling, which is just like, what's up, what's down, what's left, what's right, allow yourself to sit with it. See, as I was going through the March-April time, while also in the middle of launches and leading programs and designing my life and trying to get clarity on, do I leave California? The only state that I've ever thought to be home that I've literally called my soulmate, that's all I've really known my entire life, with the exception of a few years in Florida and a couple of years when I was first born and living in Washington State until we moved to Central California. I love California. I appreciate and respect California, the climate, the topographer, the geography. And in general, I'd always resonated with the people and the progressive politics and all of it. And something dramatically shifted, as I think much of the world has seen. Now, see, what's interesting is that I would say that most of the people that I know and love in the state of California, specifically where I live in L.A. County and then even more specifically Santa Monica, we still pride ourselves on being from here and living here. But what shifted is we were having a difference in opinion on our right to choose what we do with our body. And I live in a community that's 100,000 people, so it's certainly not a small town, but it's smallish compared to L.A. And I don't really go far, like to give you perspective, in the last nine months, I have a brand new car, a luxury sedan that I got in December. 
and I have about 2,000 miles on it. Like I just kind of walk everywhere or drive a few blocks or get on like my little beach cruiser. So talk about living in a little bubble aside from, again, getting on a couple of flights this year, which I haven't loved doing. I didn't love being away. It was almost just like I feel safer at home. And that's an interesting psychological perspective that's never been me. Anyway, so, but as I look at like what feels aligned and allowing myself to be with that and to sort through that and to process that uncertainty, right? Because ego wants to go to what's certain and what's been, what's we think is real, right? So it's like why so many of us tune in to the same news anchors that we've that maybe have been following for 20, 30 years. Because it's like, of course, they're going to give it to us truthfully. We're indoctrinated in this stuff. And so was I. So as I began to wake up to so much of this and just trying to figure out my place in the world and all this transition, I realized as I was spinning and spinning and spinning, where will I live? Where could I live? Where would I go? And my gosh, would I have to do it alone? Like I tried to enlist a few friends of like, first I thought it would be Florida. And you know what? The thing is, is that I have about 40 friends that I know and love, like really love that are living in like a 20, 30 mile radius of the Gulf side of Florida, which is where I used to live when I was there for HSN. Let's see. I don't know. I was there from 2011 through 13. So I was there for three years. So it's been about eight years since I was there. And then since then, I've had a lot of friends move there. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. So by June, I made an announcement privately amongst my family and some very close friends. And then within a couple of weeks, I started to realize, gosh, if I move to Florida, I don't really want to do the summers there, but I love the beach and I could do winter and I could do spring. So then I was like, okay, well, what if you really can design your reality? What could it really look like? And I was like, huh, you know what? I fell in love with Montana last year. So what if I moved to Florida actually date because there is a need for that. Yep. I have that love coach that cost me a pretty penny. I invested wholeheartedly and intentionally with my love coach, my dating coach, Evan Mark Katz, way back in November, as you may recall, that was a 15K investment. How many dates have I been on this year? One. So you know what Evan and I talk about on our monthly private coaching call? Don't let this bum you out, but this is me in my shamanic deathing. We talk about business. He's an entrepreneur. He has a very successful business. We talk about, you know, how crazy this year has been and how we've had to pivot even more so than last year times 10 and what it takes for us to stay steady and allowing ourselves to arrive to this new present moment and knowing that we will get through it because we've gotten through the other stuff and we're just going to get better and stronger. We talk about business. It's kind of heartbreaking to people who hear that. And it could break mine too, but at least I have something to talk about with him because we don't have any dating material. I'm changing that literally in this moment, but as I started to look at like, okay, you know, where could I live? And if I, if I fell in love, what would that look like? And I was like, you know what, if I couldn't live in California, because it looks like it's, it's going to turn to a direction that would no longer be what I am willing to accept as a day in day out for a permanent residence. Then what if I lived in Florida, you know, for winter and early spring. And then I lived in Montana for summer and fall. Oh my God, that felt so dreamy to me. And then I started to imagine it. And I was like, okay, a beautiful little condo overlooking the ocean in St. Pete, Florida. And then a house overlooking like, I don't know, with trees and mountains and its spaciousness and it's private. And we have access to Whitefish Lake and, you know, we can hike and go to Glacier Park and take my pup everywhere and go swim in the, in the water. I mean, that started to feel so damn dreamy to me. I feel at home at Whitefish and the surrounding area. I can't explain it, but I did. I'm going to go back actually 
in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to report back and let you know, was that real or not? Um, but I'm literally going back to check it out. I know how I felt in Florida. I enjoy Florida in the winter and early spring months. And I really enjoy St. Pete because it reminds me of Santa Monica, but just much, much smaller, which by the way, I also love because think about it. I really live in this little bubble. So you can clearly see moving has been big on my heart and it's been all consuming and a little bit overwhelming for me because I haven't really been able to figure out how to focus on growing my mission, growing my business, dating and falling in love because without that getting settled or so in my mind, how am I supposed to even do anything else? Now, granted, my business can exist anywhere. All I need is Wi-Fi and a computer, but dating, like, I don't want to date in LA because I I know in my heart I'm not going to be here. In fact, I think I'm going to be making a decision of where to live by the end of this year. And I'll keep you posted. So as I was thinking about Florida and Montana, that sounded pretty dreamy. And I was like, well, then why not just go right to Montana? I don't know about the winters there, to be honest. I really don't know about that because I have always lived in a climate that's basically 65 to 75 degrees year round, um, with the exception of, you know, a few weeks here and there, up or down. And so I still don't think that's quite the answer, but my mom has a house in LA. So what if even I took my mom with me and we were in Montana? Or there's another place in Idaho I'm going to check out too in September um, near Redfish Lake that I just got turned on to. Bottom line is, is that my soul, in the midst of all of this spinning and transitioning and uncertainty, is calling for what I think is just part of the next evolution of my greatest yet to be if I really listen and get brave enough to actually take the action, which is I want spaciousness and quiet and serenity and grace, and less people, and less congestion, and less traffic, and less noise, right? Like, I want to know the people in my small town. I want to go to the coffee shop, which is how I live here in Santa Monica, hence 2,000 miles on a car that's that I've had for nine months. I know everybody on the main street near where I live, which is called Montana Avenue. I've known them for 20 years. This is my community, and I love it, but I can build that again. I'm fairly friendly tend to love most people and thankfully most people tend to to like me right back so I can create that reality but what I was thinking is like how am I supposed to do that on my own it felt so sad if I allowed that narrative to you know be something I indulged in it felt so sad for me to move somewhere that's a really small town alone so then I was like okay well then why don't you just start swiping on these dating apps that you're supposed to be doing anyway you've had this love coach for eight months and you've been on one date And why don't you give him some material to work off of at least from just like, just kind of poking around and seeing what's out there. And it turns out it's possible. You know, what's so interesting is that I find that I have a natural affinity and or interest in people in these smaller towns and or outside of LA, which doesn't surprise me because I've never fully felt like I was an LA person. I've always identified as a Santa Monica person, laid back, flip-flops, super casual, beach days, hike days, mountains, park days. Like my life is super laid back. And I was like, oh, I see what's happening here. I don't identify as someone who's like an LA girl who does like the Hollywood Hills and the Beverly Hills restaurants and all the fancy things. That's just not me. 
every once in a while I can pull it out and it's fun, but honestly, it's never been me. So my soul is calling me home. So what I want to offer here is what if all of this sorting out, all of this uncertainty, all of this being in the midst of transition is a, it's really, it's calling ourselves back to home. What is home? Well, let me just say, you've got to be brave to listen. And you know, it's on my website and on my email signature, the universe rewards the brave. And man, takes a tremendous amount of courage to listen to that still small voice. What if I had ignored it at Date With Destiny? What if I'd said, nah, no, 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 I'm going to stay focused on what I want and what I'm supposed to have and what I deserve, right? Because it was so attached to ego and so much of the subconscious rules running me. But what if I said, fuck the rules, I'm going to go with what's pulling me forward, which is exactly what happened in December of 2017. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know where I'm going to land. I don't know how it's all going to work out, but I have faith in myself as a sovereign being that I'm being led and guided to explore these things, including swiping on these dating apps in these areas. So I have to trust that. When are we going to trust ourselves? When are we going to trust ourselves to listen and then to follow with that inspired action? This is letting ourselves arrive to our body, to this moment. I had an amazing coaching call with a longtime coaching client this morning, probably three years. It was one of our most powerful calls in a long time. He had been traveling quite a bit with his family. And so we weren't actually on a coaching call for, I don't know, three or four weeks, maybe four weeks. So I was really excited to catch up, but I know this person well. And I was like, all right, what's shaking? Like I knew it was, we were going to have to really get in there. And, and so we did. And I'm just going to offer you this, like what it came down to is this person allowed himself to just spin out, to numb out all the anxieties with work and all the pivoting and changing and things that are going on with work and life and LA. And he's got some of the same thoughts that I have, but regardless, like some other stuff going on, but it's like allowing that to be the permission slip to over drink, to, to overindulge in, you know, certain, you know, coping and, and numbing mechanisms and to just live in this low grade or high rage anxiety. And then to respond to most things with anger, right? Cause that's the easiest thing to go to when you want to bypass actually taking a moment, checking in with your body, scanning to see where there might be some tension or some disconnect or ill at easeness, allowing yourself to just call it by name. What is that sensation? What am I feeling right now? Mm, feeling kind of tense and tight, right? And it's it feels like it's moving really fast and it's spinning. And then not necessarily in having to label it or give it a story or justifying it on any level, but just recognizing where that's happening in the body. Is it in the chest? Is it in the solar plexus, the lower belly? Is it in the throat? Is it in your head? And then once you're able to identify where it is, just like identifying the sensation and literally maybe saying it out loud and then taking big, deep breaths, inhale all the love, light and power that you truly are never disconnected from. And then exhale as you begin to break up that sensation and release it, maybe through your belly button, right? And letting it go or through your heart chakra, maybe, or your throat chakra, maybe 
But this stuff is powerful. And when we can get ourselves back into alignment, as soon as we recognize that we are not, that is our power. That is our sovereignty. That is allowing yourself to arrive. See, what I was sharing with my private client this morning is, you know, he was saying, well, I just need another meditation practice. I just need to do these, you know, cold showers. I just need to like, you know, have a habit tracker. Once I get on track and I was like, no, you don't. You've tried all that. None of that is as powerful as you owning your own sovereignty checking in with your nervous system. How are you responding with a particular thought, right? And then can you get present with that and regulate your nervous system yourself? We're always looking for the external validation, like me and TV way back, right? Or me thinking that, you know, I couldn't get through this time because it was so hard and so dark and seemed so unfair. Instead of recognizing, wait, all my power is within me. I get to choose my own reality. I was born for this. I was made for this. And in fact, I believe my soul chose this time as a light worker. And you may identify. So what if I come back to my true sovereign self and I say that everything within me is already present to transmute and transform this temporary misalignment. See, I can't lead him to where he needs to go. I can show him different modalities. I can give him different methods. I can inspire him with different insights and ahas that I have because the way that I coach is always from my own experiences. And because I'm so goddamn vulnerable and honest and transparent, maybe too much for some, but certainly not for others. I share openly and candidly. So I can do all that, but it will still never bring someone back home if they're unwilling to get out of their own way and still looking for the permissions that for something external to get them back into alignment. So how do you let yourself arrive just that? You slow it all down. You take a goddamn moment to breathe. Close your eyes and get in your body. See all the shadow work, all the trauma, all the disconnect and misalignment is simply because we're not in our body, we're in our head, we're casting out to the future, living in our past, letting anxiety run us. I mean, you can't even turn on the news, which by the way, I haven't since last year, or look at sort of a quote news app, and these days social media is up there, right? We all know it's interconnected, big tech, big pharma, all of it, without experiencing fear and or guilt. So disconnect from that as quickly as possible and Tune in to your inner guidance system that's always calling you home. That's where your true power is. And that is how you let yourself arrive to this moment. Now, do yourself a favor and don't shame or blame or judge whatever is going on. It's all here to serve us. See, we can't know the light without the dark. So this beautiful metaphor of the dark night of the soul or the shamanic deathing, they're such beautiful gifts. All this uncertainty, all this, I, I felt like this, it felt futile for me for a while. For those six weeks in March through mid-April, I had thoughts of such dark despair. It felt like pointless to even like live. Like, how can you live? Like, I was so worried for all of humanity. But I had to go through that time to show me, myself, remind myself, realign with the power of the light the power 
of love. Now, I know that if you're new to this podcast, that can sound so woo, but allow your ego to get out of the way and understand that there is just two major forces working in this world. It's fear and love. And when we are operating from love, we cannot experience fear. So what's inside love? Gratitude. See, we can hold on to visions that we want and we can desire more, by the way. That is just called being a human, right? And always longing for more, desiring more, creating more, imagining more, visualizing more, wanting to manifest more in ease and grace. And I love that and I cultivate that for myself and so many of my clients and students. But can we also be grateful for all that we have right now? So you know what's been going on is I've been literally trying to figure out where I'm going to move, which again, breaks my heart just a little bit. But how do I know that moving won't be the next best gift in my life? It's calling me forward. I must trust that. But inside of that, oh, I don't really want to, right? There's also this sense of unbelievable gratitude for where I live in this small complex that I live in in Santa Monica with the best neighbors ever. Uh, Two doors down, uh, my neighbors just had a baby girl three days ago. Her name is Ellie. And they're the ones who had a pup uh, about a year ago named Georgia, who's now Samson's BFF. So we live in this small complex. There's only nine units. And on the top floor, there's five of us. And we keep our doors open almost as if we live in this big old house. And it's like we've all got our own wing, right? And so our doors are open. The animals come and go. We come and go. We, we, We hang out. We talk. We connect. What a beautiful gift the time of isolation glean for us. And we're so aware of it. We're like, this is so special. This is so sacred. So if we want to dwell in all of the upset and all of like, oh, this isn't fair and this is just not right. Also, can you see the blessings? So there are more gifts and blessings that I can count, which allows me to see just how beautifully abundant life truly is. And then looking at like, wow, When we get scared, like my executive assistant, let me know on July 1 that it would be her last month with me for some personal reasons. And she's been with me for 14 months and to find her was like finding the unicorn. That's the story I made up in my mind. So of course that was my reality. It was really hard for me. I think I hired and fired four people before I finally got to her. And, and then when I found her, I was just so grateful, felt so blessed. And it's, she's really helped me build some amazing systems and processes. And, and now it's time for her to leave. And she's become such a special soul in my life and in my community's life. And so I decided based on experience, I'm going to make this easy and I'm going to tap into my resourcefulness. I'm going to tap into my true power and sovereignty of not making this be hard or difficult. I'm going to allow it to be easy and for me to manifest my next unicorn that will actually be the next level up and where we need to go, where we're headed versus where we've been. And she came into our lives. She's the very first person who came in uh, to the picture, very first person who sent me an email, very first person to schedule a discovery call with me on a booking link that had about 15 spots open and 12 people booked. And and so now I feel really blessed by that. But the point is, is that all this transition right? And and all of what's been happening to me on the inside has been a gift and it's all been bringing me home. Now, what does it all mean? I don't really know yet. I'm just trusting in the process. All these trite foundational quotes and terms and things we've heard our whole life have never been more essential and critical for us to actually harness than now. So can you let yourself arrive into this moment that might be messy and dark and hard, and challenging, and isolating, and scary, and confusing, 
and perhaps liberating and exciting and wondrous. I don't know where you are on the spectrum, but allow yourself to arrive in it and to feel it fully in your body, to acknowledge it, to give thanks for it. Because these are our guideposts, the lighthouse that are bringing us home. And when we really tune in to the quiet moments of our mind, we begin to crave it. It's a knowing. We never, ever, ever have to look for another external resource ever again. Not an assistant, not a boyfriend, not a next program or course or book or seminar, not a next town. We know that we get to bring our full sovereign selves everywhere we are. Here's to that, my friends. Welcome home. P.S. <laughs> Whoops. I was so in it um, with you there a moment ago that I forgot to offer up the mirror method, which is what I promised to circle back to by the end of uh, the episode. So here it is, the mirror method, something that's been helping me significantly lately get in my body and transmute any of the, the, the BS in my mind and or what might be happening subconsciously in my body. So mirror method, M-I-R method. And so what you want to do is grab a pen and paper or, you know, uh, jot this down on your computer or notes app. And there's 10 statements. And so you want to be in a place where you can be grounded, right? So not driving or, you know, walking or anything like that. Just be settled. You can be standing or seated. I actually do it standing. Um, And you want to do it twice a day. Only takes about Oh, two minutes each time. So it's very doable. Morning and night. If you do this morning and night for 30 days, studies have shown that you will have the lasting impact for up to 19 months of all of these statements manifested within you. All right. So before I give you the statements, the way that you want to do this is um, after you've written them down, you want to try it on, try it on yourself is you want to hold out your hands just loosely and gently, not like tight or extended all the way out, just like a soft, you know, extension of your, your arms. And then let's say you look at your left hand and your palm is down. You take your right hand and you take your fingers and you just caress the top of your left hand and go into, I like to go in a circular motion so it feels rhythmic. And you're going to say each statement three times while simultaneously caressing your hand three times in a rhythmic motion. Doesn't matter if you go clockwise, counterclockwise, up, down, left, right. Doesn't matter if you start on your left hand or your right hand or vice versa. Just make sure that your right hand or left hand, whichever one you're starting with, touches the other skin to skin contact. So you get in your body and that you're making three uh, circular motions per statement. So here's the statements. One, optimize acidity. Two, detox all toxicity. Three, detach father. Four, detach mother. Five, clear meridians. Six, Supplement all shortages. Seven, balance hormone systems. Eight, fulfill basic needs. Nine, optimize chakras and aura. Ten, clarify mission. So here's how it would look for me. And this is what I've been doing morning and night. And I'm telling you, I am loving it. I feel so much more aligned and in my body and it's a simple little practice. But what I love about it is that it doesn't take me out of my body. It actually tunes me back in. So 
I'll take it from the top. Let's say I'm standing. I've taken a few deep breaths, not a big to do, just allowed myself to get back to neutral, right? And so I would, I would do the following as I'm touching my left hand with my right. And I do alternate from left to right, right to left, left to right and vice versa. Okay. So it would go like this, optimize acidity, optimize acidity, optimize acidity, move to the other hand while touching it in a circular motion, detox, all toxicity, detox, all toxicity, detox, all toxicity. Now I go back to my left hand, caressing with my right in a circular motion. Detach father, detach father, detach father. Over now to the right, left hand touching my right hand. Detach mother, detach mother, detach mother. Back to the left, clear meridians, clear meridians, clear meridians. To the right, supplement all shortages, supplement all shortages, supplement all shortages. Back to the left, balance hormone systems, balance hormone systems, balance hormone systems. To the right, as I'm touching, caressing, circular motion, fulfill basic needs, fulfill basic needs, fulfill basic needs. Going back to the left, optimize chakras and aura, optimize chakras and aura, optimize chakras and aura. And then finally, back to the right, clarify mission, clarify mission, clarify mission. Now, what I had begun to do is I started to condition the habit and I started to get more comfortable with not really think about it as much because now I know these by heart. And then I put a little smile on my face, which is radiating from my heart. So like there's a joy in knowing that it is already done. That's the power that we have within each and every one of ourselves. So try it on and let me know what you think. All right. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fire and Soul podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>